our New York City headquarters, I'm Adam Teeter. And in Seattle, Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the Vine Pair Podcast. And Zach, before we jump in today uh, to, to the topic about tipping, which has gotten uh, me a lot of hate mail from my uh, my weekly Ask Adam column, um, I just want you know wanted to see sort of what's going on. What what have you been up to? What are you drinking? Good question. Um, so I have a question for you that I will come back to in a moment. Uh, but as to the topic of what have I been drinking, um, you know, I've been – God, you're going to like – man, I feel like every time we talk about this, you give me shit. So I don't, I don't know if there's anything I can say no, at this don't point. Don't say anything because it's uh, going to be like green tea or something. <laughs> no, no, no. It's wine. It's wine. It's not, it's not, it's not anything else. But I just – I have found myself drinking a lot of Chardonnay. And, uh, and that's just kind of my – that's my – that's my – right. I mean – Feels but, right. Listeners, I'm sorry. I hope you feel my pain. I don't think there's anything I could say at this point that would please Adam. I, maybe that like feels right though. That feels like that's what you'd be drinking. Yeah, it's it's you know it's July, man. It's it's like it's summer. It's, it's July, and you're like a dad now, oh, so you drink God. dad wine. I, I know it is. It is true. It, I drink a lot of dad wine. It's it, I got the <laughs> I got I got the dad life going on for sure. It's like weirdly like. I, I like match. I intentionally like match my clothing with my son. Um, oh, it's don't definitely. Tell me you do that really. Oh man, it's it's actually a lot of fun. I got to be honest. Uh, oh do you do the like and like? Oh man, <laughs> like just in the park. Like he has a bottle and I have a bottle too. Ha ha! But mine's wine. Yeah, kind you're of. a wine dad now. I am that. that term. You're a wine yeah, dad. There you go. I'm like the next demographic that people are going to be talking about. Apparently, you're wine dads. Um, so I have a question for you, which is actually not alcohol related specifically, uh-huh. or it's, it's sort of vaguely alcohol related. Okay. So I feel like, yeah, you know, and you mentioned tea, so it's kind of an appropriate lead in. So I feel like we we're talking about, we've talked a little bit about coffee and we've talked a little bit about tea. Are you just like a non-caffeine person, period? What do you mean? I drink a lot of caffeine. Can you not tell? In what, in what form though? Espresso. Oh, okay. So you're not like a drip coffee person. You're just a straight I'm espresso not a drip person. coffee person. No. Okay. Okay. That makes a little more sense because, no, I was come really me, like – Come at me, third wave. Come at me. Because I was really like, how the fuck do you have so much energy if you don't get any caffeine? Because, like, we hung out for a while and I didn't, I didn't see energy drinks. I didn't see – I was like, what is he doing? I'm like, are you just one of the – I was worried that you were one of those, like, freaks of nature who just has a lot of energy through no chemical addition. I do have a lot of energy, but I also – and I only have one espresso a day. Oh, man. Um, but when do you I, have your espresso? Right when I wake up. Okay, so it's a morning thing. Because I've 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 met some people who are like a one espresso but early afternoon person, and I kind of I kind of respect that game. Like you can make no, it all the way through the morning. That's you impressive. know what I found. I found if you become a one, if you become an afternoon espresso person, then you get the crash. So you're always going to feel the crash before you get it, right? So because you, I mean, caffeine's a drug. So at some point, your body's going to be like start to get groggy around one or two, and it's going to be like I need that that drug. So for me, when I started drinking espresso and having one in the morning, at least it's when I'm already groggy because I just woke up. Yeah. You know, so it feels natural to like within 30 minutes of waking up, have that espresso. I hit the, you know, I get my fix and then I'm good for the rest of the day and I have a lot of energy the whole rest of the day. And I've tried really hard to condition myself to not have more. Although like if I have coffee meetings or whatever, I will have it, but then like, whoa, am I ready to go? Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I, I really don't want to be like a five, six. And then for me, drip coffee, like, you know, just upsets my tummy, man. So gotcha. I don't do it. 
Yeah, it's it's when you when you work in our in our line of work, you put in, you can if you drink a lot of coffee and you're also drinking alcohol a lot. I mean, you're putting a lot of pretty hard to digest things in your stomach. Uh, and I have to take breaks from time to time from coffee just because for that very reason. I'm like I feel things starting to get off kilter. But that's probably yeah. more than any of you wanted to know about um, either of our digestive habits. So, so let's let's move into a an equally uh, controversial topic and, and talk about hey, tipping. Yeah, hate mail that yeah. one too. Yeah. So basically, uh, you know, this is this is always a, this is an interesting topic. Um, so basically, <clears throat> you know, there's a lot of different ways to crack this nut. But uh, you know, so I, as some of you who are loyal listeners and readers, thank you so much. Probably know um, I write a weekly column for the the publication called Ask Adam, and we get these reader questions all the time about tons of different stuff. You know, from you know, should I care more about the vermouth or the gin in my, uh, you know, in my martini or Negroni or what have you, or, you know, what is, uh, you know, bourbon made out of two questions about etiquette. You know, should I bring, if I bring a bottle of wine over to someone's house, um, you know, is it okay for me to get mad if they don't open it or should I expect them to open it or what do I tip? And the tipping ones have been really popular recently. I mean, we've gotten tons of emails from readers about, you know, really specific questions about tipping. And no one seems to ever like my answers, um, which I think are very pro-industry, which is why I think a lot of people, um, you know, have an issue with them. But so I want to set the record straight right now. If you are not from here, if you're not from America and you – go out to drink and eat in our fair establishments, you have to realize that we have a different tipping culture than you do because we have decided in this country, you know, poorly to not pay our, you know, our restaurant staff a living wage. And so because of that, everyone who works in the restaurant business or in the bar business lives off of their tips. And so if you are at all trying to find an excuse not to tip, then don't go out to eat or drink because this is how the staff makes money. Um, and I think that everyone, you know, if we can get past that, we can have a, a fundamental question about how much you tip on different things, but you have to understand that when you go out to eat, right? That everyone who is there works in a country in which we do not mandate a living minimum wage for our employees. Now you can call me a, so- a socialist if you want. That's just fact, right? We don't pay our staff at these restaurants, bars, etc., salaries, We don't force the restaurant owners to do that. We don't force them to pay a a mandatory living wage. What we've decided in this country is that that wage should be subsidized by tips. And a lot of people who make tips will say that they actually make a, a lot more money than they would if they got a living wage. Fine. But you still have to tip them. And if you refuse to tip or you're a low tipper, then you should expect the treatment that comes from you not doing that. Um, and you can say all you want that tipping is based on your, you know, assessment of how you think they performed in their jobs. But I honestly think that's just kind of bullshit. You just should build the tip into the cost of you going out. And if you can't stomach that cost, don't go out. But I don't know that this is my soapbox and maybe I'm wrong. I mean, but Zach, I assume you're not going to disagree with me. <laughs> I was going to say, you're talking to someone who worked for tips for a really long time. So, no, I'm not going to disagree with you, especially not on the fundamental level. I think a couple things I wanted to add is context, um, just as someone who has worked as a service professional for a long time. The first of which is you are 100% right. If you are not interested in tipping 
what is a sort of generally accepted standard, which I think, you know, in the beverage world is maybe ranges between sort of 15 and 25 percent, depending kind of on where you are and what you're drinking. Um, and in general, when going out, I think 20 percent is a very safe and standard um, number to to look at. I think if you're not interested in doing that, then yeah, you know what? Don't go out. And or or you know like accept that you are kind of an asshole and and if you don't think that your money should be spent that way, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like you are taking that out on people on the people who have the least control over it. Like are there real issues with how we pay people who work in the service industry? Absolutely. And is tipping an antiquated and kind of clunky system? I 100% believe so. And, and frankly, like the restaurant company I work for is on a service charge model. And, and I think there are ways in which that is vastly superior. And I'm going to get to that in a little bit. But at the same time, I think there is a real, a real issue here, which is there are a lot of people who just take people who do service jobs for granted. And I hate to get, you know, well, I don't hate to actually, I like to get political. And and I think it's interesting that, you know, we're, we're recording this podcast, you know, in the middle of um, the Democratic primary season, obviously, like, which apparently lasts for two years now. Um, and I think it's really interesting that we have not had a conversation. And maybe this is something that we need to have on this podcast in a broader sense. But like, the people who work in the service industry, and and that goes not just for people in restaurants and bars, but in in a lot of other fields too, retail and whatnot, are a growing and incredibly big, you know, an important part of the American economy. And most of us who work in the service economy don't get benefits, don't get vacation pay, don't get sick pay, or or only do in places where that's you know mandated by law. And our and our income is largely dependent, especially in the restaurant and bar world, on getting tips. And if you are the kind of person who fashions yourself any kind of, you know, progressive and you don't tip well, you are kind of a piece of shit. I, I, I don't know how to describe it other than like, you know, you can send me the hate mail too. You can send it to, to podcast at vinepair.com. You can tell us that we're whatever, but like you, you want to fight for a, a systemic overhaul and, and, and systems that do not, you know, that provide care and, and, you know, healthcare and, uh, you know, parental leave and child care and all that for people great but like we don't have those things now and saying that you support those things politically but you know sort of take advantage of frankly the the people who are not positioned to do anything about it by paying them you know little or no tip you're a piece of shit like that's all i got to say like the other part i'll say in a more in a less outright ranty way is i think it's also kind of nonsense when people say like oh i base my tip based on how much how, how good the service is. That's garbage for the vast majority of you who dine out. Because for one, garbage. most everyone goes, has a number in their head. They have a, mm-hmm. or they have a methodology. They double the tax where, or if they're, if they're in a jurisdiction where there's tax or they tip 20%, no matter what, very, I waited tables and worked as a sommelier for many years. Very few people actually reflect the caliber of service, good or bad, in their tip. Now, sometimes people will definitely use poor service as a me as a reason to live to leave little or no tip. And in few circumstances, that could be warranted. I've once or twice in my life left essentially no tip when I thought the service was out and out terrible. Um, but even then, I'm more apt, frankly, to leave some tip and then 
you know, contact the restaurant or the bar, you know, get in touch with someone's manager and say, hey, this person did a really poor job. Like they were either, you know, rude or disinterested in me or forgot my order and never owned up to it. You know, there are yeah. bad service exists for sure. We've all had it. It's not to say that it's not out there and that you should tip every server in every situation or every bartender 20%. Like it's fair to leave a bad tip when service is genuinely bad. But the last thing I will say is most people who haven't worked service are not able to judge what makes for good and bad service. Not at because all. Because like you get the raw, the food shows up late or takes a long time or shows up cold. Could that be the server's mistake? Sure. And hopefully if you're a server and you're listening to this, when you fuck up, you own up to it. I always found yeah, that was in the kitchen. Yeah. You're not like, oh yeah, the kitchen fucked up your order when you really forgot to ring it in. And I've done that honest truth. And I own up to it or owned up to it back when I was doing that for a living. And to this day, like, I am much more apt to leave a good or even great tip for someone who owns their mistakes because I want to encourage those people to do that. Um, it's, it's what makes for good service in the long run. But most people who sit in a restaurant or sit at a bar, you know, the weight is often not on your server. It's a, maybe you're dining at a really busy time. And you know what? You walk in and sit down and you're like, I want a well-done steak. And you wait 35, 40, 45 minutes. Like, that's just the deal. It can't happen faster than that. And if you're not okay with that, then either eat your steak like a normal human being or come at a different time. I love that you just got wanted to, you wanted to slip in there a little, little shaming for the well done meat eaters out there. Uh, was, uh, <laughs> yeah, not really our, stu- not really our subject matter, but yes, please don't get a well done steak. But like, look, here, here's the thing. I think for the most part, what I found and from a lot of this hate mail that I wound up getting on the tipping as well is for me, the people who don't tip well, are not the majority and they're the people that are looking for a reason to not tip well in the first place. Like you're the people that are looking for a reason to make your bill a little cheaper and you're going to come at me and you're going to say that it's actually because you really take service seriously or that it's your, it's your dollar and you have a right to spend it however you want to spend it. But let's all be honest. You're a cheap fuck and you are looking for a reason to be a cheap fuck. And I just don't think you should go out to eat then. Or I think that you should dine in a variety of establishments in which tipping isn't expected and tipping has sort of been brought into the the culture of these places, but it doesn't need to be, right? So a lot of these sometimes like quick serve restaurants, right? So what we call fast casual. Like I'm sh- enjoy Chipotle. Like Chipotle is great. You actually don't have to – they pay their staff a living wage, not not much higher than that. They should pay more. But like – they, they fall under different jurisdictions in terms of the kind of restaurants that they – the kind of restaurant they're operating because they're not operating a you know table service restaurant. So they can't get away with not paying minimum wage. And so go to Chipotle. And like if you want to leave a dollar or two at the end of your order when you check out, fine. And then sit at the table, enjoy your Chipotle and go home. But if you want to go and sit at a restaurant where they bring you a menu – and you order, and they have someone who is a professional that runs the bar program or the wine list, et cetera, even if it's not a, a professionally trained song, but someone who's the beverage director, and they come over and also walk through the, the, the options with you, and then you you know order a bottle of wine or a cocktail or a glass or whatever, you should tip appropriately. And also, don't get this bullshit about you tip before tax. That is also a reason to be cheap. Like – I understand that you think you you should subtract the tax on the bill, but the server doesn't understand that. So when they get their check back, they think you're being a cheap fuck, right? If your bill is a hundred with tax, just tip the twenty percent and give them twenty bucks. Don't subtract the tax, and then give a tip. It's just kind of stupid. 
again, like if you can afford to go out to eat, you can afford to leave a 20% tip on the entire bill. The only thing that I'm a little back and forth about, but I still am real bullish on is the price of an expensive bottle of wine. I have people say to me, well, I'm the one who chose to buy a really expensive bottle of wine. Why should I, why should I tip on that? Like, I, cause you know what? Cause you could, you could afford to buy an expensive bottle of wine. Yeah. So if you could afford to buy a $500 bottle of wine at a restaurant, tip 20% on it, you cheap motherfucker. Yeah. Or don't go out to eat. Like, yeah. again, it, it, these, it's just these, these small things of like, you're choosing to have this experience and this ambiance. So again, like Zach, I want to give you my sort of rules and you tell me if you think I'm right or wrong. Sure. So I think if you go to the bar and you order a beer and they pour it, if they, 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 they pop the cap or they pour it from the, the draft, right? I understand tip them at least two bucks, a buck to two bucks. I think that's fair. Yeah. You know, a buck to two bucks for the drink, that's fair. Or a simple well drink, fine. Anything else, cocktail, you know, and same if they're going to just pour you a glass of wine, right? But if it's a cocktail they're making or if you order a bottle of wine, whatever, you should pay 20%, mm-hmm. right? And if you're sitting at dinner, it should be 20% on all of it. You shouldn't say, oh, I'm going to pay 20% on the food and then I'm going to pay a dollar per drink I ordered or $2 because <sighs> no one else knows those rules you have in your head but yeah. you. So just tip 20% on the whole bill. And if you really didn't have a good time, I mean, I would, I really, I can't bring myself to do this. I feel too bad. But if you, if you want to go down to 18 or 15% on your, I was really pissed off at you, you know, tip, I mean, I guess, but I would rather go get the manager and have a conversation with them there. As you said earlier, they're going to appreciate it. You told them something and I'm not telling you to do this so you'll get something for free, but I promise you the restaurant will make it right. Yeah, they should. If you had a bad experience, they will make it right. Something will come off your bill. They will they will do something to make it right because they value your, you know, your business. Now, please also don't complain just to complain. Don't be that other personality, which we also know. Ugh. You know, yeah, we we know that personality. That personality is there to like <laughs> look for everything wrong. A lot of them live in Florida and re- and are retired. You would be surprised. My grandmother was one of them. <laughs> there, are like, a lot, there are a surprising number of them in our generation, unfortunately. Yeah, stop being that person. Then don't go out to eat. Yeah. I get that you follow a lot of food accounts on Instagram and you think you're a foodie. But if you're a foodie and a complainer, you're not a foodie. You're just a complainer. Yeah. Like, so, And if you are someone who thinks you're a foodie but then you also are criticizing everything and you don't tip well, you're just a cheap motherfucker. Sorry, I'm cursing so, a lot in this episode, well, but it, it a, makes me really angry. Yeah, me too. Uh, so I want to I want to add a little bit to what you said there. So I think the first thing I would say is you want to th- in a in a there's a there's the the tipping as the thing you do at the very end of your experience with someone. So the end of a meal or whatever when you settle up your bar tab, and then there's the tipping you uh, as an ongoing practice. So you go sit at the bar and you're paying drink to drink, which happens in some establishments for sure. You should think about. What is my tip going to tell the bartender? If I order a $13 glass of wine and I leave a dollar as tip, do I think that bartender is going to really be interested in serving me going forward, especially if it's busy? Or are they going to say, oh, yeah, I recognize that person. They left me a dollar tip on a $13 drink. I'll get to them when I get a chance. So, yeah, it's absolutely a quid pro quo system. You want to get better service. You want to get one of those, you know, you want the bartender to recognize you, to be lining up your next drink as you're finishing your last one, to be maybe buying you around every now and then. You know how you do that? You tip well. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. It's just 
you know, people who work in tip professions respond really well to tips. Shocking. Well, I know. You know, you know what, Zach? Let's actually let's 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 pull the remove the wool that's over everyone's eyes right now. Let's really get behind the curtain here. Let's sure. talk about something that no one I think realizes, which you as a restaurant professional do, which I do because we cover this industry, but I think most patrons don't, right? How many of you guys listening to the podcast make your reservations with Open Table or Resi? Oh God, we're gonna go down this road. There are notes that servers leave about you that other restaurants can see. Mm-hmm. So if you start saying, hmm, I keep getting really bad service. I wonder why. It's because it's like your Uber rating, motherfucker. Yep. We know you have a bad rating. Yeah. And we know you're cheap. And we know you don't tip well. So you're not going to get good service. Because you already now have a reputation for being a difficult patron. That's why you maybe don't get that good table at restaurants. That's maybe why you don't get someone who's that nice to you or just that attentive because there are notes left in your file that go from restaurant to restaurant that say patron is difficult. Am I right or wrong, Zach? You're definitely right. I mean, I think I, I think there's <laughs> – And it's, it's crazy because when, when I learned that and I tell it to friends, friends are like, wait, no, that's not possible. I'm like, oh, that's why these restaurants use these systems. Yeah. I mean, it's true because like for all the terrible actual downsides to using those kinds of systems, if you're a restaurant, like they – you guys can Google some of the stuff that's out there about like what OpenTable in particular does in terms of sort of – let's say taking advantage of restaurants and and charging them much more than they should for a variety of things. But there is something about that sort of um, compendium of information about guests that is useful for restaurants. And it's not just for negative. I mean, we use it, I would say actually like 95% of the time we use it in my company. It's for better service. Yeah. It's, it's, this is this person's birthday, their anniversary. This is what they like. This is the part of the restaurant or the kind of table they like to sit at. This is how, what they prefer. Hey, they have this allergy that way. It's we have it regardless of whether you remember to tell us. And please tell people about allergies, especially if it's life threatening. It's kind of on you. Um, but anyhow, um, I, but it's true. There there are definitely notes floating out there, and and it's not even just through Open Table or Resi or whatever. We in this industry talk all the fucking time about our guests. It is our number one preferred topic of conversation. <laughs> well, that and who's sleeping with whom. Sometimes with guests, frankly. But um, we love uh... to talk about our guests, good and bad. I mean, we love to talk about the good and we love to talk about the bad. And there are private Facebook groups. There are, you know, Gmail threads. There are all kinds, you know, there are all kinds of things out there for uh, communities throughout the country where we talk about, hey, this person came into my bar and was an asshole, you know, don't serve them. Or they, you know, they got drunk and walked out on their tab. You know, this stuff happens. We collect this information. And of course, in this day and age, it's much easier than ever to share it. And we know, we know it's, and we also know, frankly, are you the person who just made $50 million on that stock IPO and you tipped 8% on your bill? We know that one too. too. And we definitely make note of that. And you want to be treated like the big shot that you think you are now, but you don't tip. We're going to make note of that. We'll still probably seat you, but maybe you're not going to get the table you wanted. So yeah, this stuff all goes, this definitely all gets thrown into the hopper. I want to come back to tipping on drinks specifically, though, because you, you yeah. said one of the things that I think is really important, and it's important to mention here, too, which is this isn't universal. So it's in some restaurant situations, it's true. In bar situations, it's true. In others, it's not. But in a lot of the places I worked personally, and it's true in a lot of them, 
if you work in a restaurant where there is a where there's not just a server or not just a bartender, but there's a bartender, a host, bussers, there's maybe a back waiter. Those people all get tipped, and usually the way their tip is generated or, or determined in these days and this day and age is based on the server's sales. So you sell a five hundred dollar bottle of wine, and that person doesn't tip you on it. Guess what? You get to still tip out all of your support staff, whether or not that person left the tip. So when people tell me, "Oh, well, you know, why should I tip more on an expensive bottle of wine? Like it's not any harder to open a five hundred dollar bottle of wine than a fifty dollar bottle of wine." For one, it's not necessarily true. If anything else, if anything, it's just a little more nerve wracking for most people who are not experienced because they know you probably are paying more attention to the bottle service than someone who ordered the cheapest bottle of wine on the list, frankly. And we don't use that rationale when it comes to anything else on a menu. You don't say, well, it doesn't, it's no harder to put down a plate of chicken fingers than it is to put down a $90 filet mignon. So I'm only going to tip $6 on an entree no matter what. Like we don't use that rationale because we somehow have internalized that we tip the same amount percentage wise on food, no matter what we order. Same thing with wine. Again, if you can afford to pay the, the restaurant list price for wine, which means you're already paying, you know, a heavily marked up price kind of no matter what, because that's how restaurant economy is the restaurant economics work. You can afford to leave the tip. And if you can't or don't want to, then again, as Adam said, go find somewhere else to drink. There's lots of places. Go buy a bottle of wine and open it and drink it at home and enjoy whatever, you know, shitty food you're capable of making. Because if you want to dine out and dine well, that's the cost of admission. Or go to places that have a built-in service charge. As I mentioned, the restaurant company I work for uses a service charge model in all of our full-service restaurants. And I personally think there's a lot to to say for that system, in part because, and, and I'll come back to where you started, because one thing I hated as a server, and it was hard to avoid because it's just instinct, but I never wanted to be the person who walked up to a table, heard a foreign accent, and was like, ah, oh, shit, I'm going to get a bad tip from this table. You don't want to have that be your impression as a server, but it's hard to avoid when you've had that experience over and over again, and not every time, but often enough that it's a reasonable assumption. I would much rather feel like I know that the, my pay is not going to be – that we've decided as a company we're going to charge a service charge. It's going to pay me a fair wage, and it allows me to give service directly to the guest without sort of doing the mental calculation at all times. Like, is this person going to fuck me on the tip? Right. I, I'd rather not deal with that, frankly. I'd rather it be let me provide the the gracious service I can and – I know that as long as you're capable of paying your bill, which hopefully you are, then we're good. Like, And the, I think the guest in the end comes out just fine in that exchange. Yeah, you lose a little bit of that control. But again, the people who care about that are the people who are in one way or another cheap. And again, if you don't like something, you're unhappy with your service, you're unhappy with your food, your drink, whatever, talk to the server, talk to the manager. That's what I do when I have a less than desirable experience in, in any establishment is I get in touch with someone either that moment or I follow up later. And I've done it a lot. I mean, again, I'm a service professional and I think it's important that we offer valid feedback, good and bad. I also think it's nice when you have a good experience to follow up with the manager to so that they can commend that server or bartender because we all like absolutely. to get positive feedback yes, too. But, um, you know, in the end, that's the cost, right? And we don't bat an eye in any other element of society for just we accept that rest that that you go to a you go to a boutique clothing shop or even just the gap and the price is the price and we know that the price includes whatever it costs to pay someone to put that on display and to you know ring up your purchase and to deliver it and all you know to pay the rent for the space and yet somehow in restaurants and almost in in a few other obviously um sort of service fields do we sort of create this weird model where the guest 
determines how much the service you know provider gets paid and it's just again you know it's a weird system it has its bizarre origins i think it's antiquated in a lot of ways but as long as it's in, in existence do not protest its existence by taking it out on a person who has no control over it exactly so i think to, to close out one more thing too that is always like uh people have asked and i think is it's also important or bears repeating so let's say you are in the service industry or you are someone who i don't know for whatever reason it's your birthday or there's a note in open table or resi uh what have you that you know you're a vip in some regard and you get comped something right or 25 percent gets taken off your bill Sometimes that's the server's decision. Sometimes that's the manager's decision. Sometimes that's the owner's decision. I'm still a big proponent that you should tip on what the full cost of the bill would have been. Oh, absolutely. Right? Like if someone takes care of you and you get a discount, um, you should still cost, you should still tip on what that cost. And if you can't, then you should not accept the freebie, right? Like, mm-hmm. It's just again like that. The person may not be the per- who's serving you may not be the person who was the person who chose to give you the freebie in the first place. So yeah, let's you know let's just take care of each other, guys. Yeah. Let's make sure you don't want to be you don't want to be the VIP who no one in the restaurant wants to serve. Right, like that is a that is a that is not a good place to be if you are if you are someone who wants to frequent an establishment. Um, you want to be the VIP that the servers fight over, and that you don't have to do that solely through you know tipping exorbitantly although we do love that but you can do it by just being a good tipper and also a nice person but but if you are the vip who tips badly that is word that gets out real quick and you end up getting whoever the newest server is who can be duped into taking you because that's how it's going to work the veteran server is going to be like i don't want this person i know they're gonna they're not gonna tip me why am i gonna invest my time in them and you know you you can feel however you want to feel about that but that is what's happening almost always if you are that kind of person and as adam said word gets around real quick these days real quick well zach with that i think we'll close with take care of your servers tip them uh you know as as we say to close uh concerts etc tip your bartenders tip your servers Please take care of them. It's really important. Or don't go out to eat. Don't go out to drink. Um, and Zach, another you know great conversation. I know this one might have felt to a lot of listeners to be a little bit more luxury, but I think it was really important that uh, we got it out there. So um, thank you so much for listening. If you have thoughts, uh, email us at podcast at fineprint.com. But if you disagree with me or Zach and you just want to argue why you should be allowed to be cheap, maybe don't send the email. Um, <laughs> or we will make fun of you on air. We will. That's a promise and, next uh, time. And Zach, I will talk to you again next week. Sounds great. Thanks for listening to VinePair. We'd love to hear what you think. Feel free to drop us a line at podcast at vinepair.com. And if you really love the show, we'd love if you'd rate it and leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. Reviews and ratings really help other people discover the show. Now for the credits. VinePair is recorded in New York City at VinePair headquarters and in Seattle, Washington at Cloud Studios. Our engineer is Nick Patry. And the show is produced by Zach Jawal and me. Our show logo was designed by Daniel Grinberg. Special thanks as well to the entire VinePair staff, including but not limited to my co-founder, Josh Mallon, and our editor-in-chief, Emily Saladino. Thanks so much for listening, and see you next week.